They that describe the generosity of God are from Psalm 100, verse 5. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and ever. Let us stand in body or spirit as we read the gospel. Our gospel lesson is from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 48. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up, your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Thank you, Sally. I'd like to invite uh, some of the men from the breakfast who have uh, said they would be willing to have a conversation to come forward and join me at the table. Some of you were very curious when you came in this morning and said, what's in the cups? It's, it's water. We usually have coffee, but uh, this will be a decaffeinated conversation. <laughs> Come on up. Bring one more chair, chair over. So we get together um, once a month for breakfast at various people's homes, and uh, we had a conversation recently about generosity, and the scriptures that Sally read today in some ways are very um, helpful. In, in the psalm, it describes God as sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and ever. You've heard me preach before that we become who we worship. If we worship a judgmental God, we tend to become judgmental Christians. If we worship a God who can only love, we have a better chance of becoming Christians who can only love. The scriptures point us to a generous God who is always giving, 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 life, breath, being, love, and If we look to God as a generous God, who God is, chances are better that we will become even more generous followers of Jesus. We become who we worship. And then Jesus, in the passage from Matthew, seems to, um, by the way, shout a nice inflection on that, where where Jesus says to the disciples, grow up. (laughs) Have you said that a few times in your life? It's as if Jesus is saying to the disciples, here's what mature Christianity looks like. When we grow up in faith, when we are formed by the generosity of God, we become, as he says, he says, live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives toward you. We're called to be generous followers of Jesus. So in our conversation, I asked the guys, and we won't have enough time to completely talk about this the way we did 
uh, at Ben and Edith Ostrom's house a few weeks ago, so we'll have to keep our responses brief, but we asked the question, who in, uh, in your lives showed you what generosity looked like and what did they do? How did they show that? And we have been discussing this in various groups in our church, but I asked the guys if they'd be willing to share some of this so that we can all kind of eavesdrop in on this table conversation. And if, if you're going to speak, just bring this mic a little bit closer to you so that uh, people can share. Who in your lives showed you what generosity looks, looks like or looked like? And what did they say? What did they do? Maybe I can start... Uh... So I'm from, um, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, which is arguably in the Midwest. And, and some people would say that, that, that uh, a lot of people from the Midwest have, a, of course, kind of a generous spirit. I'm not sure that it's exclusive to the Midwest, but I'll, I'll take it because enough people seem to think, you know, recognize. Um, my parents grew up in the uh, Jack and Doris building, grew up in the Depression. So they were in their single digits and on, on up into their early teens during the, during the Depression. Uh, for those of you who are not young enough to have any personal experience with someone who, is, who lived, grew up in the Depression, this was a time of great turmoil and great difficulty, especially for young people who many times were faced with broken families or parents who be, lost their jobs and maybe became alcoholic or, or, or other things. And it was also a time when there wasn't as much recognition of a lot of the things that people are starting to recognize in terms of uh, personal rights and civil rights and so forth. So there were a lot of things that were that were happening that were not really recognized that affected people's lives. Well, anyways, um, my parents were always very generous people, and while we didn't talk about it exactly, you knew because other f- other people who were part of our lives, some of them weren't relatives, but they were accepted into the family and they were given love and, 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 and various types of assistance that, that help them go on and become, you know, full-fledged adults with families and, and so forth. Um, and I saw this on more than one occasion. And it was always like, well, Uncle Jesse, what do you mean he's not really related? <laughs> um, and that was reflected later uh, when maybe a colleague... Um, was affected by by a, by a breakup in a marriage and some and some abuse and so forth. And I saw my parents helping that person restructure their lives and, 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 and get a new a new foundation. So uh, this really became part of my my life, and it's a great gift. Um, and later, I came to recognize it in my own sense that 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 we're all on the same team. So whether you say I'm my brother's keeper or whatever terms you want to put around it, the recognition that. We're all here together. Part of a common spirit is really fundamentally important to me. Thanks. Thank you, Tom. Growing up in Jamaica, my parents <coughs> had um, land and we had vegetables, fruits, and this was a part of our economy to make us move and survive. Well, we, had, we also sold some of the vegetables and the fruits to the neighborhood. My experience <clears throat> was one of the days that 
we were picking fruits with my mom. I had the nerve to ask her, Well, mom, why don't you sell all the fruits instead of giving some away? My mom looked at me and said, Son, it is better to give than to receive. <laughs> I have not forgotten those words. And that's a part of our growing up and our, how we live as a family. Beautiful. Thank you. As, as some of you know, uh, this has been... I, I grew up in Malibu, California, which is a very interesting experience in the late 60s, early 70s. And the... Part of the central, one of the central parts of my life back then was the, the Malibu Presbyterian Church that I went to and that church community. And the, as I don't remember the people, but the, the Sunday school and just watching people, um, their experiences um, with others and generosity uh, and reinforcing the stories that I was learning in the Bible really... Um, had an impact on me, and, and, and uh, you know, a lot of these things, generosity is not really a lot of heavy lifting, but it's often just a little, lot of little things, and, you know, I think it, but it, it brings meaning to other people, so it's kind of... When Jeff posed that question, and I thought back in time... I guess this is going to sound a little bit like John Boy and the Waltons, uh, because uh, I grew up on a farm in southeastern Ohio, and our little Methodist church was in a town six miles away of 600 people. And uh, we went there every Sunday. My folks always gave and so forth. But I want to focus particularly on an uncle of mine who was kind of the church leader and I guess... Uh, went to conference every year and maybe was treasurer of the church because every Sunday after church we would go over to his house and he would have with him the envelopes that people had put in the collection plate that Sunday. So uh, this goes back right after World War II in time. And this area, as you suggested, this was really not out of the Depression yet. We still were feeling that kind of, a, of an environment and uh, people had very little. And what I do recall was that we had envelopes, little white envelopes, and they had a partition in them. Mm -hmm. And one side you put money in, he explained to me as I would ask, what's in there, why, do, why are they split? One went to the kind of local church community, the other went, he said, to help the missionaries and so we could help people in the world who had a lot of need. And I would hear him say, as he often counted, he said, you know, to my aunt, we didn't get what we needed today. I think we ought to do a little more. Hmm. Now, I'm not suggesting to those who count here that if we have a low collection, you ought to, <laughs> but we're welcoming that in any way that you would like. <laughs> However, um, as I shared this with Sue last night, she reminded me of another dimension, which talked about the generosity which surrounded us and this model that he was, and I didn't think about that. Uh, fast forward like 19, 20 years later, we're getting married in Sue's hometown, 
which is about you know, 70 miles away down by the Ohio River. And the Presbyterian minister from that same little town I grew up in had retired there. And he took us aside and said, I want to talk about your Uncle Charles. Hmm. He said, we had a very large family and very tough times. And we wouldn't have made it but for him. Wow. And what I realized he was doing, because he had a little dry goods store, was he made sure everybody had clothing and they had school supplies and so forth in that community if they couldn't handle it. Wow. And so that was a generous spirit that was alive in more ways than I ever knew, but I obviously felt the influence of that, that model when I reflect back on it. Mm, beautiful. So all of you have heard stories of me talking about my dad, and he tells me a story. He came to America, he was a refugee. He'd escaped from the communist, and he was a refugee and he wanted to come to America. And he got a scholarship to come to study in the United States, and, but he needed a sponsor. Out of the blue comes a sponsor. Farmers from Michigan, they sponsored him to come to the United States, to Michigan. They didn't know him, they'd never met him, but they sponsored him. He comes to the United States, and once he meets them, he finds out that my grandmother had helped their son during the war. The United States Army liberated the Czech Republic, or Czechoslovakia, and she had helped their son. So this is 20 years later. That family, who did not know my father, sponsored him. That's generosity. Wow. That's good. Yeah. This may um, encourage us all to be thinking about the people in our lives who showed us a glimpse of what generosity looks like. I encourage and invite you to continue this conversation over coffee between services or in your Sunday school classes or on your ride home or today around the dinner table about glimpses of generosity that you've seen in people. What I've discovered in the last few weeks is that the more we talk about this, I've had people come up to me and say, you know, I thought of someone else, or I thought of something else that was generous that I hadn't thought about or named until we started this conversation. Our hope is that we as a congregation create a a culture of talking about generosity, living generously, not only here in this church, but but out there in the world because the world needs generous people and God is calling us to be generous people. Um, Yesterday we had... Yeah, go ahead. As Jeff tells the story, I I think about something that happened to the men recently. You all know that we collected buckets for flood relief and uh, the men, there were 100 buckets here, school children, people in Chatham filled these buckets and we drove up to Newton Newton, New Jersey. Now, I don't know if you've been to Newton, New Jersey. It's dark at night. We drive up there, and we come to the small Methodist church. And when I say small, I mean it, the church would fit into this part of the sanctuary. This is Andover United Methodist Church. And there's a woman standing there, and she opens the doors for us, lets us in. We unload our buckets, and she has all the time in the world for us. 
She's being generous. She is not trying to usher us out of there quickly. She shows us the church. Come to find out that she doesn't belong to that church. She drove half an hour from another church. Sussex, United Methodist Church, where Dan Gemford is pastor. Dan, who came out of this church. To just let us in. Then we come to find out that this woman then fills all these buckets or checks these buckets and with her husband drives them to Mechanicsville, PA to unload them. She didn't ask us to say thank you to her. She didn't. She was just generosity incarnate. And I think it's those stories and those experiences that teach us generosity. Yesterday at the rummage sale, I heard someone mention Mary Cashmanian as an illustration of generosity. I see some of you nodding. You know how generous she was. She would hear about a ministry, a mission, and say to any committee, especially the missions committee, we need to fund them, we need to help them, we need to collect things for them. And she would bring some of the products to Morristown, to shelters. This church has many Mary Cashmanians. And uh, praise God for the people in this congregation who have been so generous. How do you want to finish with what we talked about yesterday with the committee? Yes, uh, we want to continue uh, celebrating the spirit of generosity. And you'll be receiving messages, already have. Uh, yes, they lead to pledges and so forth so that we can plan uh, on your generosity for supporting our church. Uh, you'll be getting some packages that illustrate things like you just described that go on in our church life all the time. And on the 19th of November uh, will be, let's call it Generosity Sunday rather than Pledge mm, Sunday. Love it. When we can uh, be together to celebrate the generosity of this community. All right. On the 12th of November, Pastor Sharon will be leading another roundtable conversation about generosity. On the 19th of November, uh, I'll be inviting the youth of our congregation to come and share some of their reflections on generosity. We had a wonderful conversation at the Bell Choir, the Youth Bell Ringers rehearsal uh, last week, and they had some wonderful ideas about generosity. Uh, that will be on the 19th. Can we um, finish this table conversation with a prayer of thanks for the people that you have mentioned, many of whom are in the, the great cloud of witnesses, the uh, community of saints? Let us pray. Generous God, we give thanks for the people in our lives who showed us what generosity looks like. We give thanks for, for parents for teachers, for people of faith, for the people we've mentioned this morning by name. God, we thank you for them. We ask your blessing on them, whether they are in this world or in the world to come. Bless them. And bless us, your beloved sons and daughters. Help us to be brave and faithful and generous followers of Jesus. We pray in his holy name and the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.